0: Welcome to another episode of the Total BS Podcast. Justin, what's going on, my man?
1: I'll tell you what, Total BS is false advertisement because all we do is speak the truth on this podcast. (laughs) But you want to hear some complete total BS? Apple says that putting sticky notes or a little piece of paper over the camera on your computer will actually break your computer and they advise you not to do it. Sounds a little fishy, huh? sounds like apple's uh, working with
0: the feds i'm, <laughs> this I'm not is doing my it. side face right there i'm not believing any of that total <laughs> bs podcast coming away right now your fans just might turn into off
1: fans be cool it's just part of the program spit your best 16 if you must you're not whack you just sound whack rapping after us Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans be cool it's just a part of this program spit your best 16 if you must you're not whack you just sound whack rapping after us
0: Been kind of a crazy week already. Um, You know, there's just so much going on in the world. Sports seems like it changes every single day. You got the bubble and their craziness going on there. Baseball starting to get into the swing of things. And actually, Justin, for the first time, and I can't even remember how long, it feels like a decade, we are actually going to have live sports of one, at, at least from one of the major four sports, right? This weekend, Major League Baseball exhibition games begin. And man, it couldn't come soon enough i'm excited
1: because we're now starting to see clips on twitter and all you can also watch a lot of some of the games going on sure it's an empty stadiums but just seeing baseball live just seeing any sport live right now is definitely good for the soul and our our upcoming guest definitely has a lot of insight on the upcoming baseball season
0: he absolutely does he's uh i, I mean our upcoming guest is—he's been kind of all over the, the the place when it comes to sports, especially baseball and football. He's a member of the Baseball Writers Association of America. He's a member of the Football Writers Association of America. He used to work for Fox Sports South. He's a Sports Illustrated alum. My man Corey McCartney is in the house. He's even written two books, Justin. He he completely man. makes me feel completely underachieving. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Corey? How's it going, guys? How you doing today?
2: Good, man. You know, I, I got to say off the go here, you said major sports in Atlanta. You know, MLS is, is a big deal. Atlanta United's got a championship in its back pocket. So, I don't, you know, I know out in Arizona, they may not think of the MLS as one of the big sports, but the metro Atlanta area has kind of become a, ho- a soccer hub. So we'll just have to, to tread lightly there.
0: Corey, we embrace all sports. Uh, and uh, if you want to pump up some soccer, we are all about that, too, my man.
2: Oh, we don't, I'm not going to pump it up. We're just—I'm uh, just asking for some some respect for what's been going on here in Atlanta. That's all.
0: Put some respect yeah, on the name. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So, Corey, there's so much going on in baseball. We all know this. When you first, what were your first impressions when we talk about how MLB finally got to a point where they were going to bring players back into the fold, and what they've done since then to really try and navigate through this coronavirus pandemic?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I was a little frustrated like a lot of people were watching the back and forth between the the, the owners and the, the, the union. And I ultimately don't really understand why it came to the resolution it did with Manfred having to step in. You know, obviously the players could have had an expanded postseason, which would have meant more players getting more money more teams getting an opportunity to win a championship and I, I think because of the fact that we had the 60 game season someone's going to get left out that probably should be in when you look at what would have happened during a regular 162 game season um, and then you know then when you when you start getting guys back at the ballpark I mean Cole Hamels kind of said it we talked to him the obviously a new, a new signee for the Braves this season um, you know you go to the ballpark you haven't been there in a couple months and you've got this buzz about it and then you get there and you're being checked and you're kind of being poked and prodded and by the time you finally get out in the field, it kind of gets a little bit old. So I, you know, I can understand some of these guys deciding this isn't right for them, uh, kind of taking some of the buzz out of all of it. Um, it. It's been a mess. I mean, I think there's really no other way to put it. Uh, we've seen obviously some, some problems with the testing itself and it delays in the testing. And obviously, you know, major players here in, in Atlanta, Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, having contracted uh, coronavirus. So it, it been a lot of hiccups, uh, a lot of missteps, but Uh, The good news is, as of right now, we're supposed to get some actual live baseball, some real meaningful live baseball in a week.
1: Corey, who do you think this 60-game schedule season benefits the most? Because you look at, you know, in recent years, for instance, last year, the Diamondbacks started off the season hot. I mean, if we're judging, you know, the first 60 games a year ago, Diamondbacks are one of the top teams in the NL. But then... You also have teams like the Dodgers who have made impressive runs, Cle- the Cleveland Indians a couple years ago. Is this even, or is this going to benefit a specific team?
2: I think the teams that have a ton of depth, I mean, it's the easy answer, but it's probably the right answer is those same teams that you look at at the whole of 162 games and say, man, they've got so much depth. They can afford lulls. You know, you think about the Dodgers, the Yankees, uh, the Astros, uh, those real top tier teams, because, you know, you're going to have times where you know a Cody Bellinger is going to go through a lull, but it's highly unlikely that Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts are both going to go through lulls at the same time. So I think those teams that have ton of uh, ton of depth in this in this kind of NFL style shortened sprint of a season, um, I think those teams are just going to be really well suited, and the ones that have a lot of pitching depth, and again, that's the Dodgers as well. So I think it's the easy answer again, but I think those powers that we talk about, those teams that have so many resources and so much depth. Are the ones that are going to be really well suited. And that doesn't mean that some team can't come out of nowhere and have a really hot run and put something together. But I think when you look at it on paper, uh, to me, those are the teams that just make a ton of sense.
0: Personally, I think that the fact I hear so much back and forth, people are on both sides of that fence when it comes to depth, lack of depth, you know, how hot can you start, you know, if a team starts off, you know, let's say 15 and five, when they normally are, you know, below 500 team, that can set them up for the for the rest of that forty five game stretch to really, or I'm sorry, forty game stretch to get to the end. And you know, to your point, Justin, you know, a couple of years ago the Diamondbacks were the best team in the N- National League West until maybe game eighty two. Well, if yeah. we went by that scenario, you know, the Dodgers maybe make the playoffs, maybe they don't, and the Diamondbacks are yeah. in as the NL West uh, champ. So it's it's going to be fascinating to see how this all works out. Corey, are there any particular rules? Um, that that have been put in place that you've been kind of like okay this is going to be interesting to see how it works whether it be you know spit rags or the the extra inning uh, you know rule in terms of starting a runner on second base anything that you think is just going to be a little odd or that you're looking forward to
2: I mean I think like everybody having a a runner start on second base in extra innings is going to be bizarre I, I think there's no way uh, around that, um, Dansby Swanson told us, you know, when you think about, you know, the spit rags, not being able to high five, not spitting, I, you know, he kind of said all this stuff that just has become so natural to them the way they celebrate a walk off, the way a guy comes in after a home run and everybody starts mobbing him, everything that came natural to them is no longer accepted. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, when we're in a real game situation and a pitcher licks his fingers, what happens? You know, I don't, I mean, are these guys going to be held accountable for it. I mean, is there going to be, I, I, I don't know. We, we haven't necessarily had that aspect of it spelled out, at least it, uh, not in a situation where uh, I've been in, involved in, uh, you know, I've been around a lot. I've been in, within a lot of calls and whatnot, uh, you know, with Brace personnel, players, manager, and we've not heard anything spelled out from that end. So I think there's just, to me, the intricacies of what makes baseball baseball and how these guys are supposed to get around that while still going out there and trying to perform at a high level. Uh, is going to be really interesting to watch.
1: Corey, give me your honest opinion, though. Don't you think it's a little unnecessary with with some of these rules just because you've tested negative? I mean, the only way you're going to be able to play is if you test negative. Everyone is under the same conditions. I just think it just seems a little unnecessary considering, you know, other sports you're still able to kind of sweat and breathe on each other. It just seems like there's so many natural things in baseball that they're taking out.
2: Well, here's the thing that when I start thinking about that, uh, Alex Anthopoulos, who's a Braves general manager, told us they are going to have, and I don't know that other clubs, whether they're following the same protocol or not. He said they are not going to dictate where the players can be when they're not at the stadium, who they can be around. They hope that the players guard themselves when they're away from baseball and they'll try to guard the players while they're at the stadium. So you're taking into, you're hoping that player X is going to be smart and he's not going to go out to the clubs after a game's over with when they're on the road. And then turn around to go to the ballpark and God knows who he was around the previous night. So to me, that's why it's different than the NBA and MLS using this bubble, uh, whatever protocol NFL is going to follow. I know they're still having their back and forth between the, the players in the union, uh, the union and the league. But that to me is the difference with baseball is they're not asking these guys to live within a bubble. So who knows what they're ha- what's happening to them or who they're, they're finding themselves in contact with uh, between times at the park.
0: So, Corey you are you know you've been around the game you've seen the game and you've seen these teams hundreds of times is there a sleeper team that you think could surprise major league baseball especially in a 60 game season
2: wow um you know to me i'm really interested in the, the nl central because i think you can pick so many of those teams i think there's four teams you could pick you know, out of that group to really uh, come out, of, maybe come out of nowhere if you want to say that. But you know, I think the the Reds in particular, I think because if we talk about pitching depth, uh, you know, the fact that they've loaded up on so many, so many guys. Um, you know, I, to me, the Blue Jays are really interesting because you have young talent. If young talent catches fire, what happens there? Uh, I mean, of course, I mentioned two teams that are in that have really difficult schedules. I mean, the NL Central facing the AL Central. Um, and then yeah, obviously the AL East and the NL East, that's going to be a, a bear within itself. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, on the flip side of it, you know, I think about a team like the Indians, right? So they, they basically sleepwalked to a division title last year and feel like they had to go out and do anything. Now, all of a sudden they have to face that deep NL central. Um, I think they're a team that could be in a lot of trouble, but, um, yeah, I think I, I really do like the Reds. I think they're, they're an interesting team. I think they've got a lot of, uh, a lot of firepower, a lot of pitching. And I think that's going to play well this year.
0: Would you like to see more of a of a you know they they've kind of curtailed this where the central part of america plays against the central part and same thing with the east and the west. Would you like to see more of this going forward?
2: I think it sets up well for rivalries. It, it you know, here in Atlanta, I mean the closest team that we have within, you know, a mile standpoint is the Reds and that's 500 some miles away. So I think it at least kind of sets up the the specter of it kind of having some some regionalness to it, but it still seems it's still so far away. It's not like you know, the, the, the AL and the, uh, the NL central facing each other and you've got those Chicago teams and you've got, you know, the Royals right there with them and the Cardinals. And it's just, it's just so packed in. It's just so different here. Um, but I, I do like that aspect of it. It's just, it's almost creating, trying to create rivalries that I I think oftentimes just aren't natural.
1: Is there a rivalry that has really kind of gone away with you know with divisions is there a rivalry that you really want to see come back
0: hmm
2: that is a good question um you know i'm i'm obviously here in atlanta we, you know, we have the we they were a member of the nl west for a long time had some really great matches with the dodgers they've you know knocked heads a few times in the, the post seasons the past you know eight nine years um i think that's something i'd like to see you know have them face a little bit uh more often during the year that's obviously not something that's set up for this uh this current situation um but you know, I'm originally from Ohio. So, you know, you take the, the Indians and the Reds and they obviously play each other multiple times. That's, those games are going to be a little more elevated this year uh, because they're division games. So, I, I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, but, you know, baseball at least does a good job of, of getting most of the teams to face each other within timely fashion where you feel like most of those matchups haven't felt like they haven't happened in, you know, eight, nine years.
0: So, Corey, I'm going to throw you a curveball for lack of a pun. Uh um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned the MLS when we first started and the NBA bubble has been going on. NFL is about to tackle this. MLB is in the middle of it. Who do you think has done it the right way so far?
2: You know, I think to me, it's the, the NBA. I mean, I, obviously we've seen Russell Westbrook, you know, and, and that's a major player to, to, to have uh, you know, test positive. Uh, but to me, you've got a kind of a culmination of, you know, the, the ESPN, Disney, ABC, and them having the real estate to bring these players in uh, and keep them uh, within that bubble. To me, if you're playing games within a confined amount of time and you're able to do it in one uh, platform, I think, or one arena, to me, it just makes so much more sense. I mean, it, it wouldn't have made a great deal of sense for baseball to have approached it this way. I, I think there would have been a lot of uh, outcries if they would have you know, decided to, uh, to play right in your guys' back pocket and throw everything in Arizona or to do it in Florida, um, but to me, I just I like the way the NBA is doing it. It just feels a little bit more controlled. Uh, I have some concerns about what's happening with baseball. I have some concerns that we're going to get through the duration of a 60-game season. Uh, but to me, the NBA right now, they're the ones doing it the right way.
0: I mean, let's just say it like this. If baseball was to bring every team out here to Arizona, yo, dudes are going to die. <laughs> uh, yeah. It is yeah. so damn hot out here. <laughs> it is so hot. degrees. It's so hot, and you're going to be playing in the middle of the day
1: outside. Nah, son. No, it's not happening. No, no. Uh, Corey, I want to ask you as a as a salty Dodgers fan, and it's kind of got me upset here that nobody seems to be talking about the Houston Astros. How do you envision this upcoming season working out for the Cheaters?
2: Uh, it's a gift, right? I mean, I don't think that it, things could have played out any better for them. No fans in the stands. You're not going to have players pelting each other because they don't want to get into fights and, and, you know, and become that, uh, that close with anybody else. I think if anybody, I mean, you hate to say anybody made out from a pandemic, but, um, certainly feels like the Astros are in a much better position than they were a few months ago. when we were wondering what this tour was going to be like of them getting, uh, being, you know, hundred plus times this year. But Conspiracy
0: theory or not, the Star of the pandemic. <laughs> but, it, but it's going to be so interesting
1: because aren't these players going to be mic'd up or you're at least going to be able to hear the natural sounds
2: of a baseball game? So that's an interesting topic because uh, yesterday the Braves had a scrimmage and they piped in crowd sound. And We talked to Max Fried and, and Brian Snicker, their manager, after the game was over with and asked them about that piped in sound. Max Fried said, I didn't really notice it until I wasn't on the field. And Brian Snicker kind of brought something else up. And he said, well, you know, they're only doing this so you don't hear the guys talking to each other. You don't hear comments from the dugout. You don't hear the comments they make when they swing through a bad pitch. This isn't about you know, the natural sound. It's about making sure you don't hear a guy drop an F-bomb on live television. So that's that's I think what a lot of this is about is, is making sure that you don't hear something that you shouldn't hear in a baseball game.
0: I want to hear it all. And that's was, the unfortunate part of all this. I want it all raw and uncut. If these I'll tell you what, you know, obviously, Corey, you know, we have familiarity with regional sports networks. If they were to create a channel that was completely unedited, I would buy that 10 times over and I work for one of the companies. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ratings galore. <laughs> <laughs> think think about it.
1: All the, the different names that people are going to be calling Jose Altuve every single time he steps in the batter's <laughs> box. Oh, it, it, it's going to be great. I'd be tuning in just for that.
0: Uh, Corey McCartney joining us today on the Total BS Podcast. Hey, Corey, I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you, you so it, much, guys. Corey.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: All right. Corey McCartney there. Hey, check out his book. He's written two of them. Uh, one is uh, you know just a bunch of untold stories from the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. Um, you know stories from the Braves dugout. I think it's, I believe it's called. And then he also wrote one on um, all the Heisman Trophy winners. It's uh, he's a pretty remarkable uh, man, and he, uh, I mean, he does a great job.
1: When did the Heisman book come out?
0: Oh man, two thousand fourteen. Okay, why are you asking me those kind of questions? <laughs> Sorry, <to
1: remember? laughs> I was gonna say, did did he have a chapter about Reggie Bush? Or did, did they just completely skim over that? Dang it! I'm kicking myself for not asking Corey that question.
0: Should have um, asked him. Should have asked,
1: asked him. him. Should have asked him.
0: Let's 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 find out here. Up through 2015.
1: 2015. Okay. Yep. I, 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 w- I want to know if he's got a Reggie chapter or not. But damn, I should have asked him.
0: Yep. Should have asked him. Hey. Should've you could him. also buy the book. It's on Amazon. So feel free to Check to take out. a look at those two things. Uh, both of the books. The Heisman Trophy and uh, Tales from the Atlanta Braves Dugout. You can check them out on Amazon. Corey McCartney, two uh, books. Again, thanks to him for joining us. I know, right? Completely. We do. We need to do more with our lives. Like I,
1: like I, will write a a twenty five hundred word story for the Arizona Daily Star, and I think like I accomplished the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and this guy over here writes two books. I feel so underachieved. Yeah, so. for sure, for sure. So,
0: <laughs> you know, Justin, to kind of segue into uh, other things, uh, you said that there was an interesting thing going on between two gentlemen from the 90s rap era that yes. uh, they have a little beef, I guess, or they yes. you know, they want to they want to challenge each other. And yes. so why don't you tell everybody about a little DMX and a little Snoop Dogg <laughs> challenge, challenge.
1: G versus DMX. I love this so much. So uh, I, I believe it's with Billboard. And they have what's called Versus, with a Z, because it's cool like that, uh, Versus Battles. And it's two artists from specific generations, and they go toe-to-toe with with each other. Uh, Most recently, uh, we've seen Nelly versus Ludacris. Uh, Manny Fresh versus Scott Storch, where I'm like, yeah, Manny Fresh, you know, one of the top hip hop producers from the South. And then you have Scott Storch, who's you know worked with Dr. Dre, who's worked with Fat Joe, and some pretty prominent artists. And, they, and then you just look down the list of people who have gone toe-to-toe on this versus battle. Little John versus T-Pain. Uh, RZA versus Premier. Timbaland versus Swizz Beats. Jill Scott versus Erica Badu. So these are heavy hitters Mm. going at each other and they go on Instagram live they'll get about 20 or so songs and they'll play one and they just go back and forth and they really let the fans decide who's better between the two and now I'm a little biased here Saul because we grew up on the west coast so I will always love Snoop Dogg you know Snoop Dogg has made some great music and one thing that I can appreciate about Snoop Dogg more so than DMX, is he evolved a little bit better in the rap game. His his longevity is better than DMX, and he was able to sustain that popularity throughout decades in his career. And that's why I think when this battle happens, I'm going to give the edge to Snoop Dogg.
0: I mean, you know, I I think DMX. I know DMX wasn't a one-hit wonder. I know this. So no. DM me and ask and tell me that. I know this, but he definitely felt like he was just a specific part of an era, right? Like he didn't feel like, you know, any given year could have been any song. He very much felt like you know that kind of '95 to 2000 kind of you know era. Yeah. Whereas Snoop, you know, he was early '90s, late '90s. He's even had a couple hits in the in the 2000s era. You know, like he, he hasn't gone away and he's even been soloing or, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, guest lighting, um, you know, as a as a um, as an addition to other songs. You know, so I, I just think Snoop is like you said, has stood the test of time. And can we also speak about the fact if you haven't had a chance uh, to watch a documentary on um, HBO called The Defiant Ones, Oh man, how they kind of go into the whole beef And, you know, the Death Row stuff with Tupac and all this other stuff. And then they talk about the Source Awards. And at the Source Awards, to see Snoop Dogg stand up for the West, but at the same time acknowledge the East so we don't have any beef and any fighting at the Source Awards because that would have been hood as F. (laughs) (laughs) You know, for him to stand up and do that and to see, like, how he carried himself, the way he carried himself, and just the kind of the motif that all those dudes had. And then you fast forward and see that he's doing a cooking show with Martha Stewart. And you're just like, wow, how did this all happen?
1: <laughs> right? And it, it's it's just so great to see how his career has evolved over time. Like the like the whole thing with Martha Stewart. Um, I believe he owns uh, a few restaurants in Los Angeles. So you know he's handling his own on the on the. I business believe Roscoe's end.
0: Chicken and Waffles, yes, is, is under his his hood too. So,
1: I mean, look at look at Snoop Dogg, and I and I get it. You know we're talking about Martha Stewart owning restaurants that has nothing to do with the music and the battle that's about to take place between him and DMX. But think about Snoop Dogg, and like you said early 90s, late 90s, 2000s, and he's even evolved over time to do collaborations with newer artists. He's got a collaboration album with Wiz Khalifa, who's like this generation's Snoop Dogg in terms of a guy who loves marijuana. But um, (laughs) I just think that it's so great to see Snoop Dogg, and I can't wait for this battle. I'm surprised
0: DMX doesn't have a restaurant. It should be called oh "Gonna God. Give It to You." <laughs> that's that's yeah. it, man. That's I thought you were it. saying so like
1: easy. he's got to have like a like a hot dog restaurant, and then like where are my dog's at. <laughs>
0: oh man, I was gonna go the strip club route, but I was like, ah, oh, that's probably a little, 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 little R rated. So I, I don't think I would want to go to a strip club called "Gonna Give It to You." <laughs> so. <laughs> You can only wear gray sweatpants in this establishment. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, oh it's, my it's goodness. great. I lo- you know what I love? I love how how celebrities and people that have been in the in the public eye can adjust to the times and grow and you get to see it. And so so like they, they're not just a one-trick pony. They become more and they they become more de- uh, deep. They, you know, they have a lot of depth to their personalities, what they're interested in, what they'll what they're able to get into. And I encourage a lot of people to think that way and do that kind of stuff. And what I'm about to say is I'm going to kind of segue into something else. And Justin, we mentioned this before we got on air. I understand that people have a certain feeling about their political affiliation. Okay. I understand that there are those out there that are so hell bent on their rights that they want to do things their own way. I understand that that is also the dumbest way to go about your life. I get it. You have an agenda. It's the dumbest agenda you could ever, ever want to die on a hill for because literally people are dying because of this disease, because of this virus and it's unnecessary it's yeah. completely unnecessary you know people want to bitch and complain about not having sports and oh i'm not going to be a sheep and all oh, you sheep and you're an idiot you're an absolute idiot because at the end of the day when it becomes a matter of na- a national emergency right now is what we're in you have to just follow the people that are educated about this stuff like the medical professionals i don't care if you like cnn or fox news medical professionals that should stand on its own, regardless of political affiliation. I don't care. I yeah, Justin, I have voted Republican, I have voted Democrat, I have voted for nobody, I have done a little bit of everything. And I could care less, or I couldn't care less, about what your political affiliation is. Just do what's right for humanity. All these other countries don't have a bunch of a holes that are willing to die on some stupid hill because they don't want to wear a mask for 15 freaking minutes inside a store. And guess what's happening in those countries? Cases are going down. Things are opening back up. The economy's recovering. Meanwhile, we got a bunch of idiots in this country that just don't want to follow the rules. And it's so stupid. How how long ago was it when we saw that video
1: of New Zealand opening up their soccer stadiums and rugby stadiums? And how full it was. That felt like, what, about a month, month and a half ago? And it just seems like here in the U.S., it is only getting worse, especially here in Arizona. And that's the thing that makes me scratch my head the most is, you know, we're in a state that's the number one hotspot for COVID-19 in the entire world. Like cases are drastically increasing by the day. And it just, it frustrates me so much that people just, they can't see that. And listen, uh, I I, I will never really go into politics just because I really think it brings out the most in in people. It brings out the worst in people. It's it's the absolute worst. Um, But, you know, I sit there and scratch my head when I hear our vice president say, we shouldn't let CDC tell us, you know, Whether or not to open up schools or not, these schools should be able to do it by themselves. So it it makes me sit there and think, why do we have a CDC? Why why do we have these people who are researching and coming up with ways to make us healthy again, but people who run this country won't even acknowledge it? It, And I saw this tweet, and honestly, I think it, it makes total sense. It's a great comparison. This is like saying if a hurricane is coming your way to your city, and the National Weather Service tells you, "Hey, you should probably evacuate your house," because if not, you're going to get hit by the freaking hurricane. And 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 then that's like somebody in, in in power saying, "Don't let the National Weather Service tell you to
0: leave your house or not." Exactly. That's almost exactly. I saw a cartoon today that was these two beekeepers that were like, "We told them to wear protective equipment." But he didn't want he he wanted to he didn't want us to mask his freedom, and meanwhile, like bees are attacking the dude's face, and he's like in in pain and stuff like that well yeah, stupid that's this is the exact same thing yeah and and I just don't understand it. I don't understand how this became such a political hot button and that that's yeah. what worries me about all this is that we don't even have common sense anymore, you know it's like people won't believe anything we've become a society where you know there's a portion of this country that will not believe anything anybody says because they are so skeptical of every single thing i'm sorry but sometimes if i say the phone is black the phone is black it's not a shade of blue it's not a shade of purple it's just black you got to take my word for it and you just got to move on and people don't want to see it and and, it, and and the lack of coverage i will say this the lack of media coverage inside these you know these these hospitals Know showing people that this this is a real thing and showing the anguish and pain, I think, contributes a little bit to this. And it's not, it's not the media's fault because they're trying to stay safe as well. And like I'm not blaming anybody in particular. I'm just saying that, you know, when 9-11 happened, you saw people jumping from the building, you know, to their death, right? That's a powerful image. You see the buildings crumbling in front of you. So you, you can't debate whether or not that happened. And then you can't debate who did it, right? But we don't have that right now. We just have, you know, speculation according to some people and rumors. But this is a legit thing. Like I, like I said, uh, you know, I think on our last podcast or a podcast before that, I have, you know, uh, my my ex wife, her sister died. She was thirty seven years old. Died. She went to sleep. She took a test on Friday. She went to sleep on a Tuesday. Said she had, you know, a little bit of a, you know, some sniffles or whatever. And then Wednesday morning didn't wake up. And she was found positive for that same COVID test she took that Friday on that next Thursday. And they just buried her on Saturday. So this is a real thing. This isn't something to play around with. And people don't want to know. They don't want to acknowledge it until it happens to them. And then when it happens to them, they'll be the first ones to be like, man, I was wrong about this. Well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. You don't
1: need to be personally affected by this to realize that we're in trying times right now. And that we need to listen to what the CDC is saying. Wear a mask. You're going into the grocery store for 30 minutes. You're you can wear a mask. And you know what? If you're having a hard time breathing, find a mask that fits looser around your face so you can somewhat breathe. That way it's not suffocating you. It, it just it, it just it's the- infuriates me that. It's like, okay, if I choose to wear a mask, then I'm going against all of my political beliefs. And this is what I don't understand is why do we have to have like options? And if we choose one of the options, this is what we believe in. Why can't we just believe in what is right, which is wearing a mask and not only protecting yourself, but protecting others who who may be more likely to catch COVID-19? I don't know. It it just seems like logical thinking, and we're starting to see that there's not too many bright people in this country.
0: Well, you know, I I will say it like this: Um, if you don't get on board with the mask. We will not be getting out of this pandemic anytime soon. And it's only going to get worse. So when you talk about, oh, you know, these, these, you know, these measures are ruining the economy. No, you're ruining the economy because you refuse to wear a mask so we can get over this hurdle and move on with our lives. That's it. The ma- the, the non mask wearers are the reason why we are in this so long. They are the people who want to go and party at the beach in a big herd of like hundreds of people. They are the reason why this is happening. All those people that were partying in Florida, on the, on the in Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, in Miami, and all this other stuff, well, you know, you said that, that we were the hotspot. Florida's the hotspot. They yeah. had 15,300 cases in a day on Sunday. Wow. Are you kidding me? Like, that's ridiculous. And again, I'm not trying to get political on this. I'm not, I don't care if you are a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter, you love Obama, you hate Obama, I don't care about any of that. What I know is, is if my kids get it, and one of them is is compromised, or if my fiance gets it and she's compromised, or my parents, or you know her parents get it, and you know they're older and they pass away from this, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a rage inside me, and I, I I'm not gonna put up with it anymore. I'm sick of it, you know. Yeah. And so when I saw these people, these five people walk in front of me with no mask, I literally said, "What the f are you doing?" Why are you walking in front of me like this? Like I didn't come into your store so I can get freaking attacked because you don't want to wear a mask. Wear the damn mask. It's not that hard. And you know
1: what? What's so sad is a lot of these people are looking for someone to say something there. A lot of them are looking for a problem. You see people, uh, for instance, uh, one woman in Scottsdale, uh, went into a target and just started taking off all the masks off the shelf saying like I'm she not being crazy. I'm not being forced to wear this. Oh, was, she was just going insane. She just was throwing all the she masks. She was crazy. She was nuts. She yeah, was she,
0: she was certified. well, I mean, one literally flew a cuckoo's nest. Well, literally crazy. that lady that you're talking about, her husband made a post on Facebook and essentially said that she had gotten admitted to a mental health facility for 72 hours after that. The girl like flew off her rocker. She just happened to be like uh, uh either I think the press secretary or the secretary for canon Q A N O N, which is like crazy right wing stuff okay but, but you know but, and, and there's but, you but know there's just like people say Antifa and crazy left wing stuff like I don't I don't really care about if you're left or right. I'm just saying like that's who she's affiliated with I can yeah. say, I can make that statement because it's a fact yeah,
1: but just even if you see companies selling masks, why do you have to go out of your way just to take it off and and, and stop people from wearing masks when you, when you didn't really do it in the first place? All you did was made a couple Target employees take 20 minutes out of their workday to clean up your mess. Dude, just, hey, I don't get it. I
0: hate, I hate country music, but you don't see me going to the store to throw CDs off the shelves. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know if they have CDs anymore, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, they do.
1: They do. Ah, oh, Toby just, Keith. I hate him. Uh, no, I, love, I can't take I lo- this.
0: I love Toby Keith. <laughs> anyway, again, it's just about basic humanity. Like love, love thy neighbor. What happened to that? Right. And we have so much racism and controversy and masks and pandemics. And, and it's just, it's too much to deal with from, from time to time. And you just, you have to go on a tangent like this every now and then to kind of center yourself and say, okay, you know what? I can only control me, and that's all I'm going to worry about. So that's what I'm going to do. I appreciate you all listening to this little tangent. Wear a damn mask when you're out there. Otherwise, we have a problem, <laughs> and
1: I don't want a problem. In the words of Mike Lowry, and oh my goodness, I'm blanking on the other bad boy's character name. What is what is Martin Lawrence's character's name Ooh. in in bad boys? I know it's Mike Lowry. But I, I'm totally blanking on Martin Lawrence. Anyways, in the wise, in from the words of Martin Lawrence and Will Smith in Bad Boys, "Wusa,
0: Wusa," <laughs>
1: <laughs> just rub your yes. temple, rub your earlobes, and just say "Wusa," and it's all going to be okay.
0: Uh, you know, we have so much to fix in this country. We have yeah. so much to fix in this country, but it can't start until we have an honest conversation and we start to promote the things that that really need to change. And, and these, aren't, these aren't things that we're trying to, to really influence in terms of our own perspectives. We're just talking about basic human rights. You should have the right to stay healthy if you want to. You should have the right to be able to carry a weapon if you want to. You should have the right to be able to live your life freely. But we can't have those if we don't follow the basic rules and considerations of others. And, you know, that goes for people of all races, creeds, you know, genders. It doesn't matter. Just be a good person. That's all I'm asking for. That's all you're asking for. Let's just, you know, like Mr. Rogers said, man, won't you be my neighbor? Like, and in the Bible, it says, love thy neighbor. So just do it, man. Do it. I just, I want to get through this pandemic. I want to go back to sporting events. I want to sit in the press box. I want to sit in a crowd and cheer for my favorite sports team. I want to go back to that, but we're never going to do that unless people get it through their head that this needs to happen now. So there's my two cents. So in conclusion,
1: wear a damn mask,
0: wear a damn mask. That's it. That's all we ask. That's another episode of the Total BS Podcast. Justin, what you got for him? Hey, make sure you subscribe to the Total BS Podcast
1: on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to tune in to the Sunday edition of the Total BS Podcast. We'll be live on our YouTube page, Facebook, and Twitch, so make sure you subscribe and like
0: us there as well. There you go. We'll see you when you see you. Peace. Your fans just might turn into our fans Be cool, it's just part of the program Spit your best
1: 16 if you must You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us Yo, your fans just might turn into our fans Be cool, it's just a part of this program
2: Spit your best 16 if you must You're not whack, you just sound whack rapping after us